Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the Mike Litton Experience. Thank you for I having me. I cannot thank you enough. You're one of my favorite people, you know that. <laughs> I'm one of your biggest fans and I'm super excited about this. So like we talked about, our big deal is that everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we're going to start with where you were born. Where were you born? I was born here in San Diego, Sharp Memorial Hospital, right off the 163. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Did you grow up here? Uh, I grew up between here and Marietta. Okay. So my parents got divorced when I was young. And my dad uh, worked for a home builder and was a developer. So moved up to Marietta in 1989. Okay. Uh, so he was a part of kind of the Temecula Marietta development in the very early stages. So I went to school up there and I've always been back and forth between San Diego and Marietta, but San Diego is my home. So did you principally grow up in Marietta? Correct. From elementary school until high school. So what was your favorite thing about growing up in Marietta? Um, Really the, the closeness in the neighborhood, that real suburban sort of feel, um, the friends and, just you know really watching the whole area go from nothing to i mean you know how big and busy it is now i was out there when it was sagebrush yeah yeah i think it was rancho california (laughs) rancho california when we first moved up there um so it was just a really close-knit community it was definitely before it got extremely populated And um, yeah, it was it was a great place to grow up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So where did you go to high school? Marietta Valley High. Okay. What were your interests in, in high school? Um, my interests were, I mean, I was very into school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was into having fun as well, but I was a great <laughs> student. Uh, I loved political science. Ooh. I was raised, uh, my dad sort of indoctrinated me really? from the time of a young age. Wow. Yes. Uh, he'd have me listen to Rush Limbaugh, watch wow. every presidential debate. Wow, that's yes. cool. So I was I was a little conservative but by the time I was 12 years old. Oh. <laughs> it's shifted a little bit, become a little more moderate throughout the years. Yeah. Um, but I was very much into that. That's cool. Yeah. So in school, political science, it sounds like, was a, was a big thing, right? Yes. Any extracurricular activities? You know, I never really played sports. I didn't have a lot of extracurricular activities. Okay. I ran track in high school. Okay. Uh, but, you know, when, when I was a teenager, I didn't have a whole lot of outside passions, okay. to be honest with you. That's I don't think I really discovered that until I got older. That's right. So growing up, who was the most influential person in your life? My father. Okay. Yeah, he's my hero. Sounds like it. Sounds like we'd already answered that before yeah. we got to the question. Yeah, he's my hero. Um, my dad was a drug addict and alcoholic when I was young. Both wow. of my parents were, and he went to rehab when I was six or seven. Mm-hmm. And um, 
AA and Alateen was a huge part of my life. We never went to church, but that's how I was introduced to God. Right. And um, he was my hero because I watched him completely transform his life. Wow. You know, he went from nothing to almost committing suicide, oh uh, to going to rehab, changing his life, having an extremely successful career in development. And he's he's my best friend. That's cool. Yeah. So you got a you had a front row seat watching all this. I did the art of the comeback. That had to have been quite a. Yeah. Yep. He taught me the art of the comeback, which has served me really well throughout life. When I was in low points and getting myself to hop back to the high points and just knowing you could put in the work and you can change yourself. You can change a situation if you want to. That's cool. Yeah. What a great way to grow up. Yeah. Yeah, it was. A lot of life lessons. Lots. So, so you graduate Marietta Valley. Mm -hmm. Then where do you go? Uh, I went to Mount Santa Cena to get my associate's degree. Okay. And I started my career, started my career in the legal field. Okay. So I started as a paralegal when I was 20. Okay. I went to the University of San Diego and completed their program there and started my career fairly young. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what, I, made you, what made you decide to, to be a paralegal? I wanted to be an attorney. Oh, okay. From the time I was little, my parents, okay. <laughs> my, my arguing tactics were <laughs> Very much on point. You're good at it. And I, I can be. I've never had a full-on argument with you, but nope. you're, you're very articulate. I, I can be, that's for sure. And yeah. So that was my passion. And my idea was, well, let's get into the field. Let's make sure it's what I really want to do. It's a huge commitment. Yeah, you it know? is. Um, so I got into it and absolutely loved my career as a paralegal. But once I started working for attorneys, I realized I didn't want to really be one. And why so? The work, the time, the effort. At the time, you know, I would watch a, a lot of the women associates that I worked for just, I mean, absolutely kill themselves yeah. to get to the top, to make partner. And I mean, these are some of the women I always held in such high regard. And a lot of them were extremely tough to work for. One in particular, I would leave crying every day. Oh my gosh. She was so hard on me. I never, I never cried in the office. Right. I always stuck to it. Um, straight face and just getting the work done yeah. but and she's she's one of the women who I really attribute you know my hardworking skills to yeah. who I ended up really being grateful for and looking up to and when I left working for her she you know finally was extremely kind to me and told me you know you are amazing and I don't know how I'm gonna do it without you and which to me was wow. a really important life lesson that because felt good. it felt amazing and it was a life lesson at that you know, young age, I was 23 when I left working for her going, you know, this whole time I thought she hated me this whole time, but she was building me up. Mm -hmm. You know, she was creating the woman I was going to become. So she's somebody I will never forget. And I will always be extremely grateful for my experience with her because it made me tougher. It made me smarter. It taught me hard work ethic, just watching her. And she made, you know, senior partner few years after I left so it was really neat to watch but you know for me I decided I want to have children um, you know I want a career but I don't know that that's the path for me but I loved supporting attorneys yeah. um, and paralegal work is hard work it's not yeah. easy you know, you're doing a lot of legal research you know you're not arguing in court right. um, but it's a lot of hard work and yeah, we represented huge corporations um, I worked for the top civil litigation firms in San Diego wow. And um, it really, really helped establish the foundation for my career in real estate development and real estate, mm -hmm. from contract negotiations, you know, to 
the levels of liability that you have to cover to Risk work for these. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. to me, it was the perfect foundation for what I was eventually going to move on to. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So you work as a paralegal mm -hmm. and then you decide not to go forward with that. What's next? Well, I unexpectedly, I, I got married very young mm -hmm. at 22. Wow. And then was unexpectedly became pregnant at 22. Oh, wow. <laughs> and had my son when I was 23. Mm -hmm. And we were living in Marietta. My paralegal job was here in San Diego. And when it came down to it, I wanted to be home with my baby. I didn't want the extra hours of the commute to be away from him. And so I was able to take my first 18 months off, oh, his awesome. first 18 months off of yeah. work. Um, my husband at the time was able to provide for us and I was able to be a mom. And so I feel like I was very blessed to be able to do that. Yeah. And when it, that is a blessing. It, it really is. I mean, there's, it goes by so fast and really nothing can make up for the time. And I know there are a lot of women that aren't able to do that. And we all manage, I think becoming a mother, there's so many things that you just don't know how you're going to do it. A lot of times you don't think you can manage whether you're balancing work and life or you're a stay-at-home mom, which is not easy either. Right. And being a mother, you learn to push through and do the things that you never imagined that you could. Yeah. No, it's a struggle. Yeah, it, it, it definitely absolutely is. is. And it's hard to balance everything. Right. But it's the most beautiful struggle yeah, I, I think a woman can have. I agree. Sure. Yeah, my daughter's 23. Yeah. So Can you imagine? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, she not too long ago, she was talking to me about... She was dating a, 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 a 22 year old, he was a boy, right? Mm -hmm. Young man, whatever you want to call him. But she was talking to me about about potentially going into premarital counseling with him. And, and I mean, it, you know, it's sounding like to me that she's on a path to where she's probably going to be, you know, getting married at a fairly young age. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I that blew me away. I, I always thought that she'd be in her later 20s when she when she finally decided to get married, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. But no, I cannot imagine her as a mom at 23, you know, that's, yeah. wow. Well, and I'm about to have a 20 year old. And so when I reflect and that's think so back. That's so hard to imagine. <laughs> that is so hard to imagine. <laughs> when I reflect and think back and look at him at the age he is now, I can't believe how young I was. Yeah. And I did go through, you know, I was, I was the youngest one, I think of the majority of my friends yeah. to have a baby and get married. and. During that time, there was a lot I felt like I missed out on yeah. and that maybe I did wrong. Maybe I started too early. You know, I took a lot of career breaks. And so getting older and kind of feeling like I had to start over again, yeah. um, I would kind of approach those times and feel like, is it, should I have done this? But the truth is, God creates the right path for you. Well, and we're that. all on different paths. It's never too late, you know not too early and now my kids are you know almost 20 and almost 18 and we have the most amazing relationship and you know there, there's a lot i was young i was growing up when i was raising them too um you know so there's a there's a lot we talk about and things i could have done better and you know reasons why i did them i was still growing up at the same time i was raising them but i wouldn't change anything for the world um because it just all feels perfect and it was God's path so yeah that's cool yeah my dad was actually 23 when I was born mm -hmm. my mom was 19 and I tell people all the time we absolutely grew up together yeah you know there's no two ways about it so 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 you have the baby mm -hmm. you take the first 18 months and you know big time awesome that you're able to to spend the first 18 months with him 
And then what happens then? I decided I wanted to, wanted to re-enter the workforce. The legal field in Marietta Temecula is very small, pay is not great. Uh, my very best friend since I was 12 years old, her father, uh, his name is Dan Stevenson, he owns and is the, he owns Rancon, okay. which if you're familiar with. Yeah. He went out to Temecula in 1971 and started buying everything up in the area yeah. and was the biggest, most known developer in the whole valley. Did pretty well. He did, he did extremely well. Um, he was the first big real estate sales company and development company. Yeah. And so sure. I, you know, went to him okay. and said, you know, what, what can I do? What sort of job do you have for me? And I became the executive assistant to the CEO of a development company. And so we were building master plan communities out in the Menifee area. And so I ran the CFD with all the presidents of the major home builders here in Southern California. Uh, was the only woman in the room most of the time. I did a lot of project management, entitlements, and really learned about land development, which I had already had a passion for watching my dad yeah. being in the industry. I even sure. got to work with my dad a little bit. He'd come to meetings, so that was really cool. Yeah, but I grew sure. up watching dirt turn into hundreds of homes right. and Lots community parks. And I grew up riding on the tractors when I was little and listening to my dad go out there and direct contractors and subs and blueprints. And so all of that was already a big part of my life. That's cool. Um, so it was really amazing to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah I, I loved that job. And my boss at the time was also the mayor of Temecula, uh, just an awesome person all around. So I really learned a lot. Learned, and that was really the beginning of my real estate career. Gotcha. So you mentioned CFD. For those people that are listening that don't know what a CFD is, yeah. tell us what a CFD is. So a CFD is a community facilities district. And, you know, having this background always helps me explain to buyers if there's a Melrose or a supplemental tax. Absolutely. And so basically what happens is you have this huge piece of land that somebody like Dan Stevenson, a developer, mm -hmm. sells off piece by piece to these different home builders. They're so, called guest builders. Yes, right. so you know, DR Horton, Lenar, mm -hmm. all these big companies, a bunch of them that are no longer existing. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. this was pre-crash. Yeah, a lot of them went to a Texas. Lot of them, yeah, yeah, this was pre-crash. <laughs> and so basically what happens is, you know, there is money that goes into all of the, you know, street lights and, you know, getting water in, the, the, the big sports parks, and, everything yeah. that it requires, yeah. you know, to get to the point of entitlements and creating the pads and building the homes. And make it a more attractive place to live. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so basically what happens is those funds are paid for and then they're broken up between the home builders. Right. And the home builders split the cost of those fees to get all that work done. And then eventually down the line, it's broken up and put into what is Melrose supplemental tax that the home buyer ends up piece by piece paying for. And some builders pay it. Correct. Some, some builders do, do pay it. Mm -hmm. They feel like it's a competitive advantage for them. Yes. Most of them don't. Correct. You know, it's very rare. Like Shea, Shea Homes is one that- Works with a, them as well. Yeah, they're a, local, they're a local home builder and they do, they on a regular basis will pay off CFD on- right. On a, on a guest building project that they're in a subdivision that's inside a master plan community. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's kind of cool, but I do too. You know, they, and especially so, as an agent or somebody who helps people buy yeah. homes now, when you see a new build and it's no Melrose. Yeah. It's <laughs> I mean, a big advantage. Exactly. Um, because we know it goes to a higher tax rate. Yeah. So, you know, up in that area, a lot of these developments were a little more east where the prices were lower. 
and obviously much lower than anything in San Diego, right. but then you're having this higher tax bracket and supplemental taxes with the Belarus. So, um, but again, that just gave me so much experience yeah. and, and going through all of that, the ability to educate my clients, even in just a basic residential sale, I learned so much doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I did too, being in the building side of the industry. I was on the mortgage side, but mm -hmm. we dealt with CFD all the time and that kind of thing. So, you brought up Melarus, so for people that haven't that haven't listened, that don't know, that are listening, Melarus is is actually Mello is the name of the of the the California representative, mm -hmm. and Roos is the name of last name of the senator that sponsored the bill, the Melarus law that created what is now known as CFD. Correct. So just just for full disclosure, yeah. just so everybody knows, that's what. Melarus is. So Melarus is also referred to as a special assessment. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically in addition to your to your tax bill. So you have your basic regular home regular property tax bill and then Melarus or special assessments are added on top of it. And that's how they pay for the bonds that they use for CFD. Yeah. So anyway, so the, for the improvements. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, absolutely. So, and for home buyers, you know, it's it's always something to consider. It's yeah. always something that when you're representing somebody, you want to get in front of, you want to find out yeah. uh, if the home you're purchasing does fall under that bracket so that they can really work their numbers and make sure that it's a home that makes sense for them that they can afford and so that they're not surprised. It becomes a budgeting issue. This. And there are there are places, there are there are master plan communities in, in Marietta, Menifee, Temecula area that have some pretty decent rates if you add Melarus to them mm -hmm. the tax rates are pretty are, are pretty high yeah and so in some in some instances it can become almost prohibitive for some people to buy yeah because it's just that expensive right. so you know something to think about and something to look into the other thing that I would suggest and I know we haven't talked about it but and I know we're I know we're talking about you but if somebody's listening and they're and they're considering a home that has CFD on it or Melarus on it the thing I would do is look into the specifics because usually they have a expiration date. Yeah. So that bond is paid off in 25 years, 20 years, whatever. They, If they get into it, they might find out that, hey, it's only a couple years left before it expires. So something to think about, and especially if the listing agent is not up to speed with what's going on, dig into it a little bit and educate yourself so that so you know what you're getting into. Yeah. That's that's my that's my little soapbox thing. Great point. So let's talk about so you so you go to Rancon. How long are you at Rancon? I was there for about four years. Okay. Um, working on those projects, and then we started building what is now Europa Village. Okay. Which is one of the biggest wineries out there. I'm not yeah. sure if you've been out there. I haven't been to Europa, a, but I've heard about it. It's a beautiful it. project. Um, and then I got pregnant with my second baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> And so kind of decided to do the same thing. Yeah, now, correct. Now, this was also when the bubble was about to burst mm -hmm. on the housing market. Oh, wow. So this was 2007, 2008. Yep. Wow. We had just we had just purchased our second home. Um, our oh, yeah. first home that we purchased, we had as a rental. We decided to keep it. Just purchased our second home. Uh, purchased it with one of those really fantastic subprime oh, no. <laughs> adjustable rate mortgages. And about a year into that is when everything started. Right. We were just about to refinance to get a lower rate. And our lender at the time, and, and mind you, there was no indication of what was going to happen. Yeah, it wasn't. No. And he says to me, you know what, Nicole, maybe pay off this Best Buy credit card. Maybe pay this down. I think I can get you an even better rate. Let's pay that off 
wait a month and then let's go ahead and do the refi. Okay, sounds good to me. I mean, for a lower rate, right? Right. Uh, about two, three weeks later, bubble bursts and we are upside down on our property. Yeah. So our, our home cost us three seventy five when we purchased it and we ended up having to short sale it for two eighty because oh. the banks were not working with anyone. Oh my gosh. And that was really hard. Yeah. Uh, that was a big blow to ego. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've been there. I didn't I want sold, to tell I sold anybody. My house short sale. I didn't want to tell anybody what was going on because we were in that very first first wave. I mean, yeah. we were in that first ripple, and it wasn't everyone around us was going through it. So, felt like a failure, embarrassment, shame, all of that. Yeah. I just had a new baby. Um, and so we decided at that point, you know, we had to short sale that home. We were still trying to hang on to the rental and we thought, let's get back. Let's go back to San Diego. Let's move back to San Diego if we're going to have to rent for a little bit. And then that way I could get back into the workforce right. once again. Right. Um, so, you know, not something we wanted to happen. Definitely learned a lot of lessons there. You know, we were, it was timing market ended up happening to the majority of people around oh, yeah. us ended up in some way unfortunately suffering because of the crash yeah and home building in 2008 in this area absolutely just went dead yeah i mean we didn't we didn't build anything for two or three years yeah and a lot tough. of those a lot of this a lot of those master plan communities and subdivisions they ended up going back to the bank i mean it was it was really rough there for a while and we actually we actually had to short sell our house because of the because of the Great Recession. We had to short sell our house. We ended up short selling it, closing it in February of 2012. And we sold it for four hundred thousand less than what was owed on it. I mean it was that oh, hurt, it, didn't it really it? did. I mean it was it was rough, you know, and, and but it was you know, it was one of those things. We bought the we bought this brand new house we had built in Escondido for three hundred and sixty five thousand dollars. And then we woke up one day and it was worth nine. Yep. Right? In Escondido. Yeah. Right? So we ended up taking out a loan, cashed some things out, paid some bills off, that kind of thing. We owned the Keller Williams office, we owned the mortgage company, that kind of thing. We did some things with that with that equity, with that capital, um, and put ourselves in a better position. And then the market just crashes, right? And we end up, no joke, in 2000. So that house you sold for 285 probably a, a few, you know, like a year later, could have been 200. So, mm -hmm. I mean, especially as you go, and I tell people this, and not everybody gets it, but if you look at San Diego like a bullseye, so look at the city of San Diego downtown as a bullseye, and then you look at the rings outside, right? Mm -hmm. As you go further and further out, when the market shifts, and you know, I've been doing this for 31 plus years now, February will be 32. Wow. So I've seen a lot of, I mean, I got into the business right when we were going into an honest to goodness real estate recession in San Diego. So I've seen a lot of changes in the marketplace. When you go from here, there's very little right around downtown San Diego, there's very little in the way of price instability. Right. But the further you go out, when things slow down, these areas yeah. whipsaw like there's no tomorrow and Murrieta's out here, right? right? Unfortunately, right? Yeah. And so, and what happens is people that are out here in Marietta and the and the market shifts and does it does its thing, all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're gonna lose our house to foreclosure. 
we're going to San Diego, just like mm -hmm. you did, right? But you look at the numbers, there's a mass exodus that, that happens right. where people go back down to where the centers of, of employment are exactly. because they need to be closer. And, you know, gas prices are what gas prices are, but you're in an economy where that that commute, I mean, I had a, I had a Marine that, or a, probably a Navy um, petty officer that bought in Marietta and was, putting 80,000 miles a year on his car. It's like, I mean, he's, you know, going back and forth to 32nd Street. I mean, unbelievable commute, right? And so, you know, it's, it, so it's one of those things where the further out you go, it gets, it gets kind of, it gets kind of, gets kind of funky. So, right. And you move out there because yeah. also the lower home prices. Well, yeah, well, yeah it's more affordable. You get more for less, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that's a great analogy with the bullseye. And then, yeah. like you said, those values are some of the first to drop. Yeah. And then you really have to weigh out your quality of life. Absolutely. And my husband at the time was a land surveyor. Oh, okay. And he worked down in OTAC. Um, he built and did all now the that's, survey for now the that's a commute. I was yeah. just talking about 32nd Street. Otai is yes. even way further. So that was two hours oh my goodness. almost each way. Oh my goodness. And he's got traffic. a new baby at home and a two year old. Yes. Yeah. So. And so we just thought, you know what? It just, yeah. it makes the most sense. I can go back to the legal industry for a while. I'm going to make more money. It's going to make more sense for us. We'll be able to bounce back quicker than if we stay up there. Um, so we decided to do that. We moved down to Bay Park and uh, I decided I to, me too. It's such a great neighborhood. Really cool. I absolutely love it. That, I mean, you can't beat that location. It's fantastic. Oh, it's really so we moved there and I went back to work for a firm in downtown San Diego. And you and I were just talking about, you know, those, those paths we're supposed to take, those God moments, those dots that you see connect sometimes when you move a little further in life. Mm -hmm. And this was one of them. I, I applied for jobs and I had applied to a law firm when I was going back to work with my son. Okay. And then they wanted to hire me. Mm -hmm. And right before I was about to get hired is when I decided I can't do that for yeah. you. And I felt awful because I was supposed to start the job that week. I let the administrator know at the time, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I changed my mind. You know, I didn't I didn't feel good about it. So flash forward to 2007, I'm going to apply for jobs. I see the same firm is hiring. And I'm like, ooh, should I apply? Maybe that lady's not there anymore. I'm just gonna do it. Maybe they won't remember me. I love this because I think the exact same thing. Right? I'm like, oh. it's, it's amazing, it's amazing what your mind will do. To protect you right right to try to right yeah. so i apply <laughs> i kid you not five minutes after sending this email to apply the woman her Same name one. Is, yes emails me and says oh, nicole oh my gosh i would love 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 to hire you do you remember me and i'm going yep yeah i was kind of <laughs> hoping you'd forgotten me <laughs> And her, her and I had had a real connection. Yep. And I had talked a lot to her about um, a lot of self-development I was doing at the time, and I was 23. Mm -hmm. And I did a course called Landmark Education, yeah, which Landmark, completely yeah. changed my life. Yeah, my, my brother-in-law just finished with Really? Yeah. The forum? It's awesome. And so she goes, remember, you were telling me about Landmark. And she goes, please come in, please. You know, you have to meet with the senior partner first. You know, I have to go through the regular course, but I would really love for you to work here. And so I get hired and this woman ends up and still is one of my biggest supporters, like a mother to me. 
That's so cool. an angel in my life. And one of my best friends still to this day ended up taking the job the first time around that I didn't take it. Oh my God. When I came to work there in 2007, her and I sat next to each other and became best friends. Oh, wow. And again, another angel in my life who just has been such a gift to me. And that job was just, it, it, it saved me in many ways. I grew in so many ways. And they're still a family to me. And it wasn't right the first time around. But again, those dots just connected later on. And that's one of the stories that I tell that sometimes things don't work out and everything ends up falling back into place. And sometimes it's not the same place, but this time for me it was. Well, and I think there's a theme here. When you were working before in the paralegal industry, you had this one attorney you yeah. were working for that you thought hated you. Yeah. Turned out she dearly loved you, yeah. right? And so this time you're you're thinking about not applying because you're a little pensive about, you know, what's going to happen right. here, right? And all and so you but you end up taking the leap, you end up taking the chance, yeah. and it turns out that this gal just thought the world of you and didn't harbor any sort of yeah. you know issues with what happened she before. Loved me. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> By the way, that's a running theme in your life. I don't know about all that. Being but... one of your biggest admirers, I can tell you it's a running theme. Thank you. So so that's so cool. So so you go to work there and what happens then? How long are you there? Um, I was there for I was there for about five years, okay. and once again in my career, and, and we've talked about this. Now, is this paralegal or is yes, it a different paralegal. position? Mm -hmm. okay. Paralegal. Okay. And again, working on huge cases. Yeah. Uh, we did civil defense. We represented, you know, Nordstrom, City of San Diego, City of Chula Vista, wow. the Catholic diocese. Wow. Um, from Imperial County to Riverside, so these were really high-profile cases. Yeah, no kidding. And I absolutely loved the job. Oh, uh, both of my kids were in elementary school here, and once again, it became a time in their lives. You know, my son was struggling in school. My daughter was excelling, was being, but was being bullied. And I just, it just, one day I was sitting at my desk and just kind of asking God what I should do. And my husband at the time was kind of, you know, supporting me in the idea of maybe you should take some time off of it. Maybe you should take a hiatus from working again to be with the kids. I was really not feeling it, really didn't want to take a break in my career. Um, and God said, do it. And so I walk into my administrator's office and I said, I think I have to go. And at the time as a paralegal, you know, this is full time, this is nights, this is weekend, this is overtime, this is if you're going through trial, it's a lot. Yeah. And she said, please don't go. Yeah. What if we just keep you on from the time you drop your kids off to the time you have to pick them up, which was unheard of yeah. in the firm and for the position that I held. And so I just thought, wow, this is, I, I never thought that that would even be a possibility. Right. So I ended up doing that for a while too. But the kids still needed me. I wanted to be class mom. I wanted to be PTA mom. I wanted to be around and show up for them. They're only that ain't once. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, after doing the contract work and doing that part time, took time off, you know, to really be with my kids and, and made another pivot, which I've kind of become an expert at yeah. in my life at this point. <laughs> There's a few pivots we haven't hit pivot yet. But leads yeah. me to where I need to be. Yeah. I, I don't regret any of them, that's for sure. And, yeah. and, you know, I always, when I was home with them, I always had what, you know, a lot of people would call a side hustle mm -hmm. or another way of pouring into my passions. 
And so at this point, I became a certified life and holistic health coach. Wow. And so I was home with them, but really, really feeling into that, really focusing on my health mm -hmm. uh, spiritually and, you know, obviously what I ate holistically. Mm -hmm. And then I started helping other people with theirs. Wow. And, you know, people have asked me, what is your passion? And my passion is people. Yeah. And I love, you know, teaching and guiding and educating and, and feeding and pouring into people. And you know, learning from my mistakes and teaching people those so yeah. they don't have to go through some of the same things. Oh, and, that's cool. and so I did that for a few years and really, really got into my obsession with health and fitness, which that's you probably know is a really, really big pillar in my life. I know it's it, yeah. extremely important to me um, because I feel like it just, it feeds and supports every area of my life, oh, my sure. relationships, my job, um, my relationship with God, all of it. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, so you leave you leave the law firm. How long are you gone? Um, I I left completely doing legal for two years. Okay. And um, started going through a separation with my husband so. after two years. And I just thought, okay, what am I going to do? I wasn't very happy about the school system here in San Diego. Yeah. And so I thought. You know, I, I started looking at my options, met with Dan of Rancon again, and he goes, Nicole, you need to get into residential real estate. You have more personality than three of my agents put together. It is your natural, yeah. come and do this. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> we go back to Marietta. So you move back to Marietta. Move back to okay. Marietta. Okay. Again, schools are amazing. You know, this was going through a time here in the San Diego school district that, you know, I had to buy the paper and the pencils for my kids and, you know, teachers are struggling and move them up there. They love the schools. And I started in, this is 2013, okay. uh, I started studying for the real estate exam. Okay. And so, became so you didn't licensed. have your license yet? Nope. Okay. Became licensed in, in 2013 okay. and started then. Um, and got back with my husband after you know this temporary separation and so we moved back there mm -hmm. i started my career there and i had you know right out the gate was very successful i'll be honest with you um i was very anti-salesperson <laughs> which is such a great career to get into <laughs> as a salesperson okay well, hold up hold on explain that for <laughs> yeah. a second you know, I had this uh, preconceived idea. Oh, I got you. So you and, thought, you and thought a lot of judgments. Yeah. So and, you thought salespeople were slick. And, correct. Okay. I got you. And I never saw myself as being able to do that. I got you. I thought scripting was cheesy. Yeah. I thought I can do this organically. Shoot. I go to the grocery store and end up making five friends. Right. This is just my personality. Mm -hmm. I talk to everyone. I love meeting strangers. Yeah. I love connecting with yeah. people. And you're magnetic. Thank you. You are. Thank you me. absolutely are. And that is a big, big part of it because people want to get to know you. And that's the cool thing, right? Yes. That's why when you go to the grocery store, you end up making five friends. You right. know, that does not surprise me in the least. Yeah. And, and I just kind of felt like, I don't need to do that. You know, obviously I did what I needed to do to get through my training. Um, you know, which looking back now, looking back, now having a, a lengthy career in real estate, it wasn't necessarily the right move. I did well in the beginning, but I did see agents who started out with me who maybe didn't have that same, you know, you call it magnetic, you know, we were different, but they followed, they followed a script, they mm -hmm. followed, and I watched them 
succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, by doing these things that my broker at the time said, you know, follow this and, and you'll do great. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I still did well, but I'll tell you, I probably would have followed <laughs> the steps that I was given at that time because I think I would have, I know I would have been more successful. Yeah. Well, I, there's, you know, I've been doing this for a while, yeah. right? Probably too long. And, you know, you know, I owned a, an office for 18 years. Yeah. I was the owner broker and I took a lot of agents under my wing. I worked with a lot of new agents and that preconceived notion of I'm not a salesperson and I don't like salespeople and I, you know, that kind of thing, right? That was something that it takes some time to sort of hammer that out. Yeah. It takes some time to get to a place to where you understand, because, you know, I, I felt the exact same way. I never thought I would ever end up in sales. I was super fired up about real estate, but I never thought I'd end up in sales. And I ended up getting into, and this is, this is not about me, but I ended up getting into reselling for Apple. Okay. I worked as a as a distributor for a software company that that exclusively made Apple products. Those Apple Macintosh, if you remember mm -hmm. the Macintosh. I, I was one of the top. I was in my early twenties. I was one of the top resellers in the nation wow. with Apple uh, because of this software company. And um, they one of the things that they did that was unbelievably brilliant was they put me through Tony Robbins Sales Mastery. Oh, love it! I love Tony. And I learned what sales really was and it was all of a sudden it was like the light went on right. right and it was and you know if i had it to do over again i would put every single person that came to our brokerage through his sales mastery program. i would go to your brokerage just for that <laughs> because it's literally it, it literally changes fundamentally yes. how you look at sales how you look at the world and how you look at your part in it Right. I can't agree more. Uh, because it's, you know, it's, I mean, and, and, you know, I had never, I had never understood needs analysis. I had never understood, I never understood most of what goes into sales. The only thing I ever remembered was when my parents bought a house, that realtor was terrible yeah. and their lender was terrible. And, you know, my parents didn't know anything when it was, when it was all said and done. And it was like, you know, they were, they were real, you know, almost amateurs when it came to real estate. And when I told them I was getting into the business, they just looked at me like I was from Mars or something, you know, you're not really going to do sales, right? Because my parents and my grandparents and my grandparents, um, all thought that I was going into law. Everybody, oh, wow. everybody really? expected me to become a, well, I was one of the top debaters in the nation. Nice. Um, and so that basically when you're in speech and debate, like I was, you're going to end up the, the path is you're going to end up in law school. You're going to end up in mock court yep. competition. Um, and that's just the way the path goes. Right. Um, and I did, you know, I'm kind of a rebel without a clue. So I didn't end up doing all that. I didn't want to be an attorney because I hadn't met one that I liked. Sounds like we have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so anyway, it's amazing, but you know, that, that preconceived notion of sales really hangs people up and, it takes time to yeah. get to a place to where they start to understand that, you know what, realtors really aren't that, you know, cheesy, right. slick, you know, right? Yeah. There are some, 
There are some, like in honestly. Any exactly, in any industry, right? So you overcome that, mm -hmm. and what happens? Yeah, and you know, it was a, a limiting belief, yeah, right? It is. It is. And probably one of the first ones I could really identify and recognize that I had. Yeah. Uh, when in the grand scheme of things, I already was a salesperson. I was just so attached to this thought of authenticity in feeling like this was forced. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really it took me a few years to understand. And Tony Robbins, you know, one of my biggest, you know, heroes, and I've done a lot of his courses, was probably one of the first, you know, the books I read or when I did Unleash the Power Within to really get that mm -hmm. and how it had held me back uh, instead of being open to things and, and putting my own spin on it. You know, I tell people all the time, if you talk to two-year-old at the potty training, <laughs> you're a salesperson, yes, right? Absolutely. You've basically been through sales mastery. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And so I was able to really shift that limiting belief. And I was able to recognize that my love and my passion for helping people and educating people was sales, you know, but I had to have some of these tools to really, really learn how to communicate yeah. to pe with people and, and really how to have them just get it and understand but with my flavor right. and my spin on it and your never, own style exactly yeah, never you, straying you're, from you're unique style, yeah. never straying from my heart right. and knowing where i'm coming from but obviously in anything you need to improve you need these tools you you know you can't just go out and do it on your own especially if you have limiting beliefs right. um you know so i i did really well for a few years mm -hmm. and i had a hard money a, a gentleman who owned his own hard money brokerage, you know, reach out to me. We've done some deals together. And he said, I would love for you, you know, to come on with me as an agent. And I would love to start teaching you how to be my right hand and how to put these deals together. And I just thought, yes, I love that. You yeah. know, putting together large scale fix and flips in Malibu, Hollywood Hills, La Jolla, meeting investors while still, you know, having my, my real estate on, not really on the side, cause I was still doing real estate sales, but yet learning another aspect of the industry. How long were you at Rancon? I was at Rancon for four years. Okay, mm -hmm. and, then, and then you end up in Hard Money. Yes, and then I start doing that. And um, Rancon was kind of shifting at the time. Mm -hmm. And of course I, I, had this, yeah. I had this loyalty to Mr. Stevenson oh, sure. and he completely understood, yeah. you know, and thought it was a really good idea for me yeah. to do. And so I did that and, and really, you know, expanded my network and working on these larger projects and helping investors put them together and doing, you know, cross collateralization loans, cool. putting, you know, things yeah. I had never done, yeah. which, which I'm, I'm passionate about that mm -hmm. and learning and, and adding to my craft. And, you know, it's still in the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. And again, I made a lot of pivots and I used to look at it like, oh gosh, kind of looks like I was disinterested in everything, but that's not the truth. It's, I was interested in the big picture and learning as much as I could. Well, there's a lot that comes from putting a deal together. Yeah. Right. And the, the, the world that you're entering into that's different than what you were with Rancon is you actually have some creativity that you yes. can introduce. Exactly. Right. Cross collateralization, all these different things that most people don't even realize people could do right. they don't realize they're legal yeah right blanket mortgages all yeah. that kind of stuff right 
So yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, the first one I did was 32 properties there you go. That, that we were doing for this guy, you know, and I like a challenge. Oh, sure. I like to be challenged. Um, and so that, that was great. And, and really most importantly, I loved watching an old dilapidated home become this just, exactly. I loved that. I love transformation in Mm -hmm. multiple forms. So being able to see that was so exciting for me. Um, and, and being able to see the wealth that these investors were creating for themselves really lit a fire in me. And so I absolutely loved it. I put together a few deals for an investor. We did one in Mission Hills here. We did one in La Jolla. And he came to me and he said, Nicole, I want to build a real estate empire. I want to build a real estate holding company. And eventually I want to do something in tech. And I think you would be the best person to build this with me. I'd love for you to come on, be my COO. I'd love for you to run the holding company. That's cool. And help me build this out. And if you'll just believe in me. You know, I can't pay you much right now. You could obviously still do your real estate deals. I can't I can't pay you a salary yet. He said, but I promise you, you know, this this is gonna be great for you. And really, really liked this guy, trusted him, believed in him, and I just said, okay. And wow. so took the job, holding company in Chula Vista. So mm-hmm. I ran solar, turf construction, mortgage, and we bought a brokerage. Uh, a next home brokerage. I don't know if you're familiar yep. with next home. Yep. And um, I ran that. Hired, ended up hiring a team of 35 people. We went through our first round of raising capital. I helped him and raise our first three million dollars with investors. Um, the entire company, their first language was Spanish. It was oh. all Hispanics. I was yet again the only woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, our investors were from Mexico. Yeah. Uh, I speak pretty decent Spanish, so I would put my pitch decks together and pitch them in Spanish, kind of Spanglish, but they appreciated it. And we raised our first three million and started building it out and and testing different ideas. And you may have heard of the company, but now it's multitasker out of Chula Vista. Yeah, okay. And I I helped build that from the ground up. Good job. Yeah. Um, And when COVID hit, things didn't go so great. Uh, Ended up leaving there, but it was a just huge accomplishment for me in my career Mm -hmm. um you know again running a team building into a team pouring into a team and creating something from the ground up yeah also getting a lot more experience in solar turf construction mortgage Mm -hmm. and what it's like to run a brokerage Um, so that was invaluable to me absolutely and covid hit and i took the year off to be with my kids i started our own curriculum from home <laughs> it was it went it went really well in the beginning yeah. they're into it you know yeah. we had our bible we read in the morning uh our our family workouts that we did together the kids and i transformational work had them reading books um you know a few months into it they they weren't so excited yeah. um but we well, were able to be a few months into it nobody was <laughs> excited, right we were all trying to figure out if we were ever going to go back to work again. We were I all know. trying to say, I mean, it was, that was just, yeah. It, I mean, it, it was, was, it was rough, but I really, I really did um, honestly look at it as a time to go within and build ourselves up, to get close as a family unit, yeah. uh, you know, to do these things we didn't have time for. And so honestly, you know, as bad as a lot of it was, I really still see it as it was such a blessing. And it, it well, was I'm not saying that... I'm not saying it was bad for you. Right. I was, I was, I, what you did was take advantage of yes. 
a time that, you know, we, we went up to LA and got the baby. Uh -huh. And she was in college at the time yeah. in, in downtown Los Angeles, and they shut everything down. So we get in the car, and we were in Carlsbad at the time. We were in an apartment, which I don't necessarily recommend. <laughs> Two-bedroom, two-bath apartment that's 1,144 square feet. And <laughs> you bring your daughter in to live with you. I'm not necessarily <laughs> suggesting that's a good idea, but we, that's what we did. And, 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 and by the way, you learn a lot. You learn a lot about your kid and about how you raise them when you live with them every single day, yeah. nonstop, every single, I mean, everything's shut down. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go to gyms. You can't, I mean, there's nothing open, right? Right. There were even times when they closed the beaches. I mean, come on. Oh right. And so you learn a lot about your kid when you have sort of this forced you know, we're, this is it, baby. We're together. That's, you know, right. I admired my daughter so much before all this happened. And my admiration for her went up tenfold. Yeah. I absolutely worshiped that girl by the time all this was over. Like I never had before because I appreciated the woman, the young woman she was becoming, right. The person she was becoming. I mean, it's just, and and it was a, you know, so we, we get in the car, we're in Carlsbad, we get in the car, we go up to LA, we go up to Norwalk, which is always, you know, a bottleneck. Mm -hmm. Norwalk is always just stupid. There were no cars there. No that cars. That was the plus, right? I took a photo. <laughs> yeah, I took a photo because it was so weird. I took a photo of the road. Yeah. Because you you can't make this up, I think I right? I a few of those too. Yeah. We get up there in an hour and 25 minutes and get back in an hour and 23 minutes. No traffic right. at all, nothing in it was like, this is just surreal. Yeah. And it was like, you, you know, when this stuff happened, all I wanted to do was just hug the babies. Mm -hmm. You know, all I wanted to do was just, right? And you know, Michael was away, he was in Lincoln at, at, at college and he hunkered down there because they had, you know, housing and you know, student housing and all that kind of stuff. And so they basically said, look, we're gonna go online we're not going to stop teaching, but we're going to go online because we can't have anybody anywhere, you know, in the, in the facilities or anything. And so they did the best they could do, you know, yeah. um, Madison's college was completely shut down. They didn't even, they didn't even bother to try to do things online. They yeah. just, right. So, I mean, it was, it was an interesting time, yeah. but it was a time that you had a couple of different options, right? One was you could sink into massive depression. And a lot of people did. A lot of people developed drug and alcohol issues. Oh, yeah. and, you know, all kinds of problems and, or you can take advantage of it and you can pour into your kids. Right. right. And that's what you did. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, I get that the kids got to a point to where they got bored and, and, you know, didn't want to do this anymore and that kind of thing. But man, that was a, that was a very, very wise thing to do in terms of taking the opportunity and pouring into them. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. It was the only option yeah. for me. And, you know, I, I relate to what you're saying because I admired the way my kids handled it yeah. so much. Yeah. I was so incredibly proud of them. They didn't whine and complain. My daughter ended up starting her own baking business. You, you know, I had this big whiteboard in the living room. We'd write our goals. You know, my son worked hard, really got into mental strength and fitness, which now he's in the Marine Corps, which oh, I think cool. really helped him a lot. My daughter, it helped 
spark and ignite that passion for being an entrepreneur, which is now what she wants to do and what she wants to focus on. She'll be going to college is next she, year. Is she 18 or is she going to be 18? She'll be 18 in March. Okay. She graduates next year, okay. June. Wow. And so we're starting her college applications now. There you go. Uh, but we we took it and I'm, I'm proud of us as an entire family, the way we handled it. Um, well, I'm proud of you. you know, there are a few times I did drink a little earlier than five o'clock because it just felt like you were You're on kidding. vacation. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely had some of that. There were yeah. days where, you know, enjoyed it as a vacation, but, you know, we never did, went too far off the edge. Yeah. I would do little things just for fun. You know, I, I applied for, in San Diego, there's a company, it's called Launch Factory. Mm -hmm. uh, and what they do is they help fund startups. Okay. And so you have a startup idea, you come to them. And basically they help you raise the capital, you know, they take a piece of it and then they have kind of like a contest, if you will, for who are going to be the founders, wow. the CEO and the COO. Okay. And so I saw this, I thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I didn't feel like I had really used my analytical brain or my hardworking, you know, of course mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of stuff from home, but I thought this will be great. Let's yeah. just see. Why not? And um, they show you who you're up against, right? And it's nationwide. I'm up against attorneys, Yale graduates, NYU, you know, I just, I feel like I don't, I don't think I have a chance at doing this, but shoot, what have I got to lose? Exactly. I'm try. Exactly. Um, it, there were over a thousand applicants cool. when it came down to it, 50, 52, or so, so it was an odd number because it mm -hmm. was the, the way that they did it. There were two companies. Yeah. I, got accepted yeah, you did. and <laughs> I could not believe it because again you could see these people's CVs their resumes I'm just going I don't know how this happens but I okay. do I do <laughs> and I know exactly how it happened <laughs> my partner um, remember the magnetism yeah, we were talking they, about before I mean that's way better than a degree from Yale or NYU or any of that yeah, I it, was, it, was, it felt pretty good yeah, and, and I'm not gonna lie I needed that boost of confidence I think kind of kind of feeling stagnant mm -hmm. in in my career yeah. it, it really helped me a lot and so there were six rounds mm -hmm. um, and you know if you made it through one round you went on yeah. and each there were two companies and there were I think ten teams mm -hmm. so each round they were eliminated and then there was going to be like a, a a huge kind of like battle or whatever it was at the end and we made and you were allowed to skip a week okay. and my partner was an attorney from Chicago he was also um, in, big in the political scene out there and we made it through to the fourth round and lost oh. and we lost because we were both so determined we never we never took a, um, a loss on one of the weeks, a pass, which we could have easily done, yeah. right? And so you had to submit by a certain time, and if you didn't do it, that was it, you were out. Oh, and so his internet happened to be slow that day after we had collectively worked different time zones for mm. almost 18 hours around wow. the clock to wow. get this done. It was not easy, yeah. and we didn't make it. Oh my God. But we made it through that far and it just felt so good to be able to do that so that was that was something fun i did during that's, COVID cool. Too. that's cool well you gotta do something <laughs> yeah right the first 30 days that COVID hit they shut all the all they shut everything down yeah. they shut the gyms down and i walked 136 miles in 30 days wow and it was just you know half of it was up a giant hill in yeah. by the apartment and you know, I just, I had to, I had to do something, yeah. you know, I had to just get out and 
breathe some fresh air and, and enjoy the sunshine and right and yeah so yep. you do what you got to do yeah so what you do so covid so covid ends by the way i met i i talked to brian right before covid hit right uh -huh. before the shutdown hit and we had decided we were going to get into business together oh okay and then covid hits and we end up we end up stopping and waiting like 60 days yeah right and then we end up get we end up starting right after everybody came back to work june 1st was when i officially started okay so um so you so covid so covid the lockdown finishes mm -hmm. then what happens so i end the year and, and i'm just kind of struggling with yeah a you lot know, of this work and and I'll, I'll be honest with you full disclosure here at the time i'm i'm 40 just turned 40 mm -hmm. right which you know, I also did the 75 hard challenge a couple times during COVID too. And just turned 40 and I'm thinking, am I gonna go back to residential real estate? I'm so old. <laughs> this is what I'm thinking at the time. This is what I'm thinking. How, how I'm just gonna go back into this, you know, cause mind you, it wasn't my main focus yeah. for years. I was helping other people build companies. Oh, sure. I was doing it on the side, but I wasn't nurturing my sphere. Right. I wasn't farming, I wasn't, doing a lot of things that really it requires to stay relevant yeah. and top of mind yeah. for people you know that was kind of, I, I kind of pushed that aside mm -hmm. in focusing on building at the time what i thought were bigger things yeah. you know but this is a skill i have this is something i'm extremely passionate about and love mm -hmm. i could go back to the legal industry is that what i want to do real estate is in my heart i feel like it's in my blood mm -hmm. i feel it like is. it's what i'm supposed to do and i once again limiting beliefs had to push past that and i just said you know what i'm just going to start reaching out i'm just going to start calling people who i know in the industry who are still in in the industry and see what happens there so i happen to call kelly gibson mm -hmm. kelly and i both started at RandCon. Mm -hmm. i don't know if you knew that yeah kelly was just on our podcast oh was he ago. okay so we talked about RandCon. Yeah, yeah so we both started there mm -hmm. in our careers pretty much i think you know he came in a little bit after me and I'm seeing, I, I saw that he had gone through some really low times mm -hmm. and managed to bring himself back up, which yeah. I love the art of the comeback. Yeah. I respect those people. I, I love seeing that. You That's know, Kelly's we've story. We've all been there yeah. at some point in our lives, whether it's it's huge, mm -hmm. you know, where everyone around us sees it or or those small little dips, but we've all, we've all required a comeback, right? Yeah. And so I call Kelly end up sitting having coffee with him and his wife Danny who I love and you know we're just talking about stuff and he had just joined EXP and he goes you know I don't know why I, I, I have this this partner you know I've done a few deals with him investments he, he does a lot of flips and we've talked about building out real estate I don't really think it's the time but maybe I'll maybe I'll talk to him and I said okay great we leave lunch I meet with Tanya it was Gonzalez at the time. She just got married. Now Tanya Marks and New Venture Escrow. Yeah. She was a friend of mine and she runs the business development there. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we knew each other from the gym and workout classes and had a connection. And she goes, you know, Brian Daly. And I go, Kelly Gilson just told me that name. And she goes, I'm going to reach out to him. I feel like you would be perfect for his company. I know he's looking to hire someone. And next thing you know, I'm meeting Brian Daly at an event that Andrew Greer puts on because mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get myself back out there. Right. And I, I, I was nervous. I was nervous to even go to events because I felt like it's been a while and, you know, getting myself acclimated back to networking. And he goes, wow, I've heard your name twice this week. It sounds like we need to sit down and talk. 
That's cool. So we did. I end up getting hired to work for the San Diego home buyer. Mm -hmm. And then we decide that I'm going to run operations and we're going to build a real estate team. Yeah. And so, you know, I've pretty much been with the company. We built Team Sage, which turned into We Revive. Mm -hmm. And now here I am. It's been, you know, what, two, two and a half years, yeah. a little over two that, years. Yeah. Um, and, and working for Brian and we revive and back in my real estate career and running the listing department for him. And doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. Thank great you. I, I really love it. Um, love the company. You know, there's so many different facets to it with the acquisition side, which obviously you know very well, mm -hmm. the construction side. And so it blends yeah. a lot of the elements that I spent years mm -hmm. educating, becoming educating on and learning and cultivating. Um, you know, so it just, it felt like a perfect fit and all those pivots and dots have connected and we've still made a lot of pivots. I made a lot of pivots while working for the same company. We know the market's been shifting mm -hmm. for the last few years, so it's required it. Um, but I get to run the listing department and sell these beautiful flips, yeah. investment properties. I'm, I'm back with connecting and collaborating with agents throughout the county. Um, I absolutely love it. Building relationships. I'm really passionate about that and, yeah. and doing what I love. Mm -hmm. And it's not always easy. We're seeing ourselves now in a place that a lot of agents are struggling. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of companies are struggling yeah. in, in the various aspects of the industry. It's true. You know, we're all kind of bracing, our, bracing ourselves once again, you know, and just kind of <laughs> preparing ourselves for the art of the next comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That, that we're gonna have to face. Well, now. there's a you know there's wholesale. There's a lot of people getting out of the business. Oh yeah. Um, and you know that happens in these shifts. You know when the when the market shifts, people just people just bail. Yeah. I've had I've had situations where I had competitors of mine that one day were competing for a particular deal. And a week later, I walk into a donut shop and they're selling me donuts. Yes. They've got, yeah, an, apron. Told me that They've got story. an apron on. And it's like, yes. another one was selling me auto parts at AutoZone. And I'm like, yeah. okay, you're know, right. It's it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of go, wait a minute. And the other day, I got a call from a guy who was in lending and he worked for a good friend of mine, you know. and. He called me up and he said, hey, I, I just need to talk to you because I've heard your name twice in two weeks. And he goes, I just, there's something that's telling me I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And he goes, I just wanted to share with you what happened with me and why I ended up going to work doing what he's doing now, which is not in our business. It's in, it's, it's HVAC, but okay. it's not, you know, selling real estate or, right. or he was in mortgages uh, but he was sharing with me kind of why everything happened the way it did and all that kind of thing. And, and I appreciated it, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it felt like it was something he kind of needed to get off his chest, you know, and that's fine. Um, you know, I talk to people all the time that, that I've dealt with in the past and I sat with somebody the other day at a, at a coffee shop and I sat down with him and he said, you, he goes, you, you don't remember this, but you and I talked in 2008. And I went, was I, was I nice to you? You know, right? He goes, you could not have been kinder. He's like, you took 40 minutes you did not have. And you poured into me. And he says, I always told myself that if I ever ran into you, if I ever met you face to face, then I'd shake your hand and thank you. Because he said, my, 
I really was seriously considering going out of business. And this was when the crash had happened right. and all you know what was breaking loose and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and but it was it was kind of cool that you know I, I had no idea. I had no idea, and I don't remember that conversation. I don't remember talking with him. I don't remember taking the time. But I tried to do that with everybody. Right. You know, I tried to, even even when things were at their worst, I try to take time and just listen, you know, and let people talk and let them get stuff off their chest. And you know what I mean? And right. just try to be there to be a sounding board and try to, if I can, try to help them, you know? Well, and, you know, to compliment you, you're, you're also extremely magnetic, but you come across as truly authentic and truly wanting to help others succeed. Yes. Now you mentioned, you know, debating, you're competitive, you you have all these aspects, which, which I feel like a lot of times people look at or almost automatically put them in a negative mm-hmm. light, competitive, mm-hmm. but you want everyone to win. And that's one of the many things that I love about you. I do, I want all of us to win together. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's, and I've, I've never, I've never, Never once in my life have I ever wanted to win without the people around me. You know what I mean? Like, I want all of us to get there together as a as a as a team. And it's it's I don't know how to explain it. I think it's the way I was raised, you know. But it's just how I'm built. Like I just I, you know, like when I when I, I told you about before we before we started this, I told you about this plane ride that I took yeah. from Texas out here. It's the shortest two and a half hours I've ever had in my life. But, you know, she sat down next to me and said, I, I have, we have a million questions. I'm like, fire away. Well, they had just started a real estate brokerage, independent by, you know, just the two of them. And the market shifted right when they did it, like, like massively right when they did it. And so I understand what that's like. You know, when I got into the business, we were literally, literally on the cliff and going off a cliff as far as the real estate business was concerned out here and we went into a legitimate real estate depression for the next couple of years and those were my first two years in the business right so I no learned way to learn right well but I learned how to be scrappy I learned how to survive I learned how to how to deal with things right and to this day people who have not been through recessions who have not been through the things that I've been through you can you can watch them just lose it yeah. I mean absolutely lose it and it's like, and then they look at me and they're like, why are you upset? It's like, I know this. Right. I've been through this. It's actually not that bad a thing. Yeah. It's not that negative, right? You actually can pick up market share. You can win. And what ends up happening is, I like the other day, and I I know this, this isn't about me, but the other day I, I, got a, I got a phone call about a property. Called the wholesaler. Wholesaler said, hey, it's in Del Cerro. The only way to get into it is I've got to let you in. When can you meet me? And I said, I, I can be there in an hour. And so I called my wife and I said, hey, I'm, I'm headed over to this house. Del Cerro, it's the last minute thing. I'm not coming home. I'm going to be looking at this house. And she said, well, call dad. Her dad's retired and he's 10 minutes or eight minutes away drive time from this house in Del Cerro. So I called her dad. Her dad, you know, naturally wanted to go. So I went by and picked him up and took him over. And we're standing out in front of the, we pulled up and this guy gets out of his car. I get out of my truck and he goes, are you Mike Litton? And I said, yeah. He goes, my name's Anil. And he goes, you don't remember me, but you and I talked. He said, you took 20 minutes you didn't have. Uh, no joke. 
He said, you took 20 minutes you didn't have, and I was gonna quit. I was gonna, I was gonna get out of this business. Wow. You helped me get excited about real estate again. And he said, and I told myself, if I ever met you, I would shake your hand and thank you from the bottom of my heart. And he said it in front of my father-in-law, <laughs> right? And I turned to my father-in-law and I said, I paid him to say this, right? And he started laughing, you know? But afterwards we get in my truck and my father-in-law's like, so let me ask you a question. I said, sure. He goes, how did that feel? I said, to be honest with you, I was a little embarrassed. I was, I was actually a little really? embarrassed. Yeah, I really was because he said it in front of my father-in-law, right? I mean, it looked like, it looked like I staged this thing, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I was a little, I was a little embarrassed, but, but I was glad that I took the time. Like one of the things that, um, that a buddy of mine, uh, who's an executive with EXP told me not too long ago was he goes, Litton, he goes, you took time when everybody else did. And back in the day when all of us were doing REOs and all this kind of stuff, right? You couldn't get a hold of an REO broker to save your life. They would not talk to you. They would not return your phone calls. They would not answer your questions. I tried to answer everybody's phone call. I tried to answer every question, you know, even if it was what people would consider a dumb question or whatever. I don't think there is one. I think people are asking for a reason, right? Right. And they're asking sometimes because they're depressed. They're asking sometimes because they're, they're like you're talking about, they're having, you know, self-confidence issues. They're nervous. They're okay. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Right. And then we can kind of figure out where we go from here. Now, none of these people that I'm talking about worked for me. They were working at other companies and all that kind of thing. But I feel like that we're all in this thing together. Absolutely. Right? I, yeah. According to the National Association of Realtors, 86% of every transaction in the nation, nationwide, is a co-op transaction. Mm -hmm. So if you're a listing agent, you would better take care of your co-op yeah. agents, right? I literally have agents, Nicole, when I list a house for sale, they will send me a message and say, Yahoo, we can't wait to show it. Mm -hmm. Because they get we get to work together again, right? right? And it's, I always try to come from a place of contribution and that's just how we I'm, have that it's just common. how, yeah, exactly. We have that. It's just common. how I'm built. And so. I'm the same way, you know, with listings. That's what I love about you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I get listings. I'm the same way. You have a question. I'm going to call you. I'm going to stay on top of communication. And I can't tell you how many agents I have tell me, this is so refreshing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're actually answering your phone. Yeah. Thank you so much. And because I had so many times when I'm trying to get a property for my client, I don't get a call back. I don't get a response. They're not answering my questions. Not a text message for two days. And there really isn't, no a, there isn't to, an excuse for that. No, there's, there's not. not. And we're all in this, like you said, contribution. Yeah. Help each other win. I am all collaboration over competition. I will go to the mat for my clients. Yeah. I will make sure I get them what they need and what they want at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, there is that competitive nature where you want to be a bulldog for someone you want your clients to know that you'll do everything to protect them but when it comes to the grand scheme of things it's it's contribution it's collaboration it's relationships and it's really taking that extra step yeah. because like i said i love people i love connecting with people and you have to really include everybody involved yeah. i agree okay so we're now to today today you know, with re we revive yes you're running the show. Yes. You're doing amazing. I'm Thank very you. proud of you. Thank you. You know that. <laughs>
Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap up? Um, before we wrap up, let's see, where are we today? You know, it, in life, I'm finding myself again sure. in, in a place of transition. I've got a son who just joined the Marine Corps. I have a daughter ready to go off to college. I'm, I'm going through divorce. The market is shifting. It, you know what? Don't be life changes. And I, I really believe everything's supposed to happen. Yeah the way that it does yeah, um and luckily you know my sweet baby ex-husband and i have a great rapport and relationship and and foundation yeah. you know but again i find myself in a time where everything's changing yeah. where i'm once again recognizing it's always going to change. Yeah. and when it comes to the market i'm keeping my head down i am scrappy like mm -hmm. you said i am just i'm focused on that and whatever i need to do yeah. Um, you know, so obviously anyone I can help, I want to do it. Any way that I can, you know, hold my craft even more, I want to do that too. Because I want to continue to show my kids the art of the comeback. Absolutely. The way that my dad has shown me several absolutely. times. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely, you know, love what I do. I'm going to continue to do it. I'm going to continue to work hard. Uh, we revive, you know, we do a lot of flips, a lot of investment properties, but I do run the residential side. I'm passionate about working for this company, especially because we give back mm -hmm. to the community. Um, you know, yeah, a lot of stuff from San Diego Mission, Rescue yeah. Mission, uh, which is a very big deal. We just gave a scholarship, uh, you know, for one of the graduates there mm -hmm. to move into their own place. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work with the children there, a lot of volunteer time. That is, that is really big to me in life, is the giving back, contribution, you know, really whatever ripple effect that we can provide to the people around us. Yeah, and, and we've, we've, helped, we've helped build the Habitat for yes, Humanity Project yeah. in San Diego. I mean, we've done, yeah, a lot of things to, to give back. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of Brian's heart, right? Yes. Is, to, is to give back and, and have a legacy of contributing right. and you know they he always talks about value he always talks about the value that that the company is bringing mm -hmm. to that particular neighborhood right? right because it's true you you know we i've done quite a bit with with habitat for humanity and every single project we've ever done you look around it and this this like a ripple effect oh yeah it, it literally the homes around it and I'm, there are exceptions, but a lot of the homes around that project become better. People paint them, they replace windows, they do all kinds of things. They, you know, take care of the landscaping. And I mean, it's it's cool, you know, it changes their focus from being sort of a stale blighted area yep. into we're on the move and we're moving up, yep. right? And that's big, that's a big, big deal. And considering yep. that you guys go into we have together gone into neighborhoods where that house that we usually buy let's be honest is probably the ugliest one in there yeah turn around turn it into a show place and then all of a sudden the oh. entire place well i mean the values go up collectively yes. right in the area immediately um and then you also that micro market and then you also have a feeling in the neighborhood in the community of uplifting oh yeah you know it's a big deal oh yeah i get to meet all the neighbors at my open houses yeah. sometimes i get to meet the previous homeowners or a lot of them have unfortunately passed away their family members come in and look yeah. at these homes i just had one a few weeks ago the guy was in tears yeah i mean it, this was a home he grew up in yeah. this he you know he couldn't believe it and of course you're changing everything around it doesn't look the same but 
he was just in tears. He was so happy to see it. And that's a great feeling. It's a great feeling for the neighbors to feel like the value in their neighborhood is rising. So their home prices are rising. And just to see how in awesome times people are with these transformations we're able to complete because ooh, some, of these, some of these properties are a little scary when you first walk into They them. really are. They um, really are. And, and what they turn into is a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, we're... We're in a in a in a deal right now. We're in escrow on a deal that's literally across the street from a flip that we did when I was with Brian. Oh, really? And and I don't know if if you were with us at the time, but it's on Selena Court in in, in uh, Vista. Um, it's a little mid-century modern place that had a little detached one-car garage that we turned into an ADU. It was really cute, and we did really really well. Us and, and to this day, it still looks great. Yeah. You know, it's a mess. Probably three years ago now, um, but. You know, I drove by that property, and I remembered. Go, so I would, I went out to that property. I was actually trying to talk my wife into buying it. Um, I went out to that property to check on it like a week before it was done. And I pulled in, and I parked my truck. And the neighbor, the owner, the seller who owned it before, lived across the street. He recognized my truck. He's retired. He recognized my truck. He came out, and he's standing in the street. And I said, "Hey, how you doing? Have you seen the? Have you seen it?" Said, no, no, no. I didn't want to bother you. I said, "Come on, let's walk it together." We went through, and this 83-year-old Marine had tears running down his face, and he's walking through, and he's going, "Mike, Mike, if I'd have had the money, I would have done this, and if I'd have had the money, I would have done this, and if I'd had the time, I would have done this. You guys did everything I would have done. You even picked the cabinets I would have picked. I mean, it was insane, right?" The experience that you have with somebody who's owned a property that they just time with, you know, capital, you know, effort, you know, age, you know, all those things, they just couldn't get to it, right? I had one in um, University City that we bought and I stayed in contact with the, with the executor of the estate. His mom, unfortunately, was, she was 99. His mom, unfortunately, passed away while we were in escrow to buy it. Um, we, we finished it and I sent him the final photos. And I called him up and I said, hey, Tom, have you checked your, have you checked your email? No. I said, check your email, click on that link. And he checked the email, he clicked on the link and he could not talk to me. Yeah. He was crying, you know? And that kind of thing, you can't put a price tag on right. it. There's no way, right? That's the cool thing about the juice that we get from what we do. Absolutely. So it's really yeah. awesome. It, and it, it's fuel yeah. for us, right? It, it fuels our passion yeah, really to keep does. doing what we're doing. Really so does. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I do too. Anything else? I don't think so. I think we've I, covered a lot today. We have covered a lot today. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for being on the Mike Whitney experience. Thank you for having me. This has been honor. such an amazing time. Thanks, Mike. I love you. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out Calendly.com slash Rio 760.